Good morning, and welcome to another edition of Today's Nutrition, where we look at what is new in research, what's hot in the news, and topics that can affect our health, vitality, and longevity. Seems like the hottest, biggest topic on our minds these days is still COVID, COVID-19, the coronavirus. The underlying big question is really how not to get sick and die from this or anything else before our time. And it's not just this virus, but any virus. There are millions of them. And honestly, the same thing that will prevent most of chronic disease is going to protect us from this. But this virus has our attention. In our world, we're surrounded by all sorts of bacteria, viruses. They're essential. But thank heaven, our immune system is always looking out for threats. We all get viruses. We have so many of them in our bodies right now, but your immune system has thankfully developed to adapt to them and keep them from overtaking your body. Immune system is really a marvel. Nature is a marvel. Not only do we want to survive, those viruses want to survive too. So viruses are designed to be very highly adaptive. And because they reproduce so quickly, they have plenty of opportunity to mutate with each generation, potentially developing resistance to whatever drugs or vaccines we develop. Our brilliant but limited understanding of this virus is nowhere near as brilliant as the virus. We know so little. What we can do is to strengthen and protect our own resilient immune system. And that, so the Marines have said, adapt and overcome. Because much as we try, we're never going to find a drug or a vaccine that can be as adaptive as our own system. It's miraculously always scanning for threats, and it recognizes any pathogenic substances because it understands it's a threat, but then it rallies the appropriate forces to combat it. Most times you don't even know it's coming to your defense. It's doing it all day, all night, keeping you safe. So even if you don't get sick, or if you do get sick, you're gonna recover more easily if you've got a good immune system. We just want to support it and then get out of the way and let it do its job. But back to the big question, how to not get sick and die from COVID. You know, from the very beginning of the COVID-19 infection, we were getting reports from emergency room doctors, frontline doctors, that made the observation that the great majority of people being admitted for COVID symptoms were obese, independent of other factors, independent of diabetes, high blood pressure, heart disease, Initially, it was noted that obesity was a big problem that put people at risk. Now, research is coming in. So where, what are we to think about all this initial information about COVID people being hit more severely if they were obese? I wanted to know too. Knowing what I know, of course, I tend to look at what supports what I already think. But what does the undeniable research say? I, you know, trying to put my nutritional bias aside, I dug in. And this is what the strongest research I have found says. This research comes from the University of Oxford, British Research. It was published in the Lancet Journal, one of the most respected, prestigious journals 
Diabetes and Endocrinology. They recently reported a huge study, a sample of 8 million people. Doesn't get much stronger than that. And here is what they found. In fact, the strongest risk factor for COVID poor outcome is obesity, especially among younger people. Younger people with obesity are a lot more likely to become sick or die from COVID. They they get more severe COVID illness independent of all age-related chronic diseases, ethnicity, gender, blood type, anything else they looked at, independent of all other variables. All the British research was based on BMI, the Body Mass Index. It's not a real easy reference. You got to do some calculations. BMI is equal to your weight in kilograms divided by your height in meters squared. Okay, so if you don't feel like measuring and figuring that out, just Google BMI calculator and see where you and your loved ones lie. I agree, it's not perfect, but it's what everybody uses these days. And I'm going to tell you, be prepared to be shocked and in denial. I know it's hard, but we don't want to be like ostriches with their head in the sand either. We're going to be strong and we're going to adapt, right? So specifically, what the researchers found in these eight million people was that the lowest risk BMI was 23 you know, our government charts represent a normal, healthy BMI to be anywhere from 18.5 to 25. But in this research, they found the absolute lowest was the ideal 23. Even one point either way was a higher risk. This is what they call a J-curve. Anything above or below was higher risk. 23 was the ideal for the lowest risk factor. Then they took all that data and they divided it into age groups. And what they found was also significant. Interesting, the risk of COVID with obesity was a lot higher in young people, 20 to 39. This age group tends to have fewer other risk factors like heart disease and diabetes or high blood pressure, and they usually have a pretty darn good immune system. So kind of curious, bottom line, obesity in people under 39 was the risk, was worse. So for each BMI point over 23, it increased the risk by like 9%. So even with a healthy BMI range of 18.5 to 25, one point over 23. So we're talking a healthy 24 or 25, what we consider, increased the risk by 9 to 18% respectively. But interestingly, and they looked at older people, say 80 years old, obesity had little effect on COVID outcome obesity had little additional effect. Older people typically have other risk and maybe not as good of an immune system, but other risks are a lot higher independent of weight. So the other risks will get them before obesity. 
type 2 diabetes, for example, is a much greater problem independent of obesity. But in people under 40, it was the excess weight that determines severe outcome compared to other factors. So absolute sweet spot of the BMI 23. The light starts to turn red when you get over 23. Almost 10% increased risk of hospitalization and death for each point over 23. Huge red flag, a real red light. In fact, the risk of death with a BMI of 30 is astounding. Any excess weight is bad, but I have to say, when we get used to seeing excess weight, it's kind of hard. So, I mean, we look at people that have a normal BMI and we may think they look sick. So what is a BMI of 30 versus the ideal BMI of 23? At five foot three, that is 170 pounds versus 130. At 5'4", it's 175 pounds versus 134. At 5'11", that's 215 pounds versus 165. At six foot, that is 221 pounds versus 170. I know, pretty shocking, pretty lean. And you know, Garfield, the comic strip used to say, <clears throat> I am not overweight, I'm under tall. So for every inch, you get an extra four or five pounds. So I guess we just need to have chosen taller parents. But this is really important. The younger you are, for some reason, yet to be understood, <clears throat> as we get older, Weight isn't as big of a risk factor for all the chronic diseases as we age. But then you've got the diabetes, the high blood pressure, cardiovascular disease. According to this study of 8 million people published in the Lancet Journal on Obesity and Endocrinology, weight loss is the most important thing. We need policymakers to promote healthy weight. We need better policies, I guess. Currently, Adults with obesity at an increasing rate of 42% of our population obese. There's no decrease in sight. We are addicted to our junk food. If you look at ethnic groups, the obesity rate is higher and ethnic groups are also more at risk with COVID infection. It goes together, metabolic disease and obesity and COVID poor outcomes. According to the CDC, obesity-related diseases include heart disease, stroke, type 2 diabetes, and certain types of cancer. So obesity really could be considered the biggest preventable risk factor for premature death overall. CDC also estimates the annual medical cost of obesity is about $147 billion and this was clear back in 2018, costing each person thousands more each year. Obesity is also linked to impaired immune function overall. Obesity decreases lung capacity and reserves and makes ventilation more difficult. According to the CDC, COVID-19 cases suggest that it may triple the risk for hospitalization, intensive care admission, invasive mechanical intervention with ventilators, and death 
at higher increasing BMIs. More than 900,000 adult COVID hospitalizations before November last year, 30% of these hospitalizations were attributed simply to obesity, no other risk factors. So now what drives me crazy with all that information that I just gave you? What are they saying? What are they, our government, recommending? They simply want to continue to vaccine prioritize, masking prioritize, physical distance. Not one thing is about weight loss as the number one push. When we know obesity related to chronic inflammation, particularly dangerous because COVID-19 provokes a hyper-inflammatory response. We know that obesity disrupts immune responses It disrupts the activity of leukocytes, lymphocytes, and T-cells. We know obesity disrupts thrombogenic or clotting responses. We know obesity impairs lung function. We know that all these changes not only have a negative impact on the immune response, but also the efficacy of vaccines. Obesity affects 42.4% of U.S. adults. And if you take the BMI down to 23, as this study suggests, nearly all Americans need to make major changes if we want to be a healthy country that's not taken down by preventable chronic and infectious disease. We also know from the Cleveland Clinic They found obesity also significantly increases the risk of developing the long hauler syndrome. There is such an overlap between poor metabolic health and vulnerability to COVID-19, it's really impossible to ignore. But instead of helping people lose weight, taxing junk food, subsidizing vegetables, promoting healthy eating and weight loss, heck, I am not even against rewarding people for healthy weight. They simply hope that vaccines are going to be the cure. But can we vaccinate against every pathogen or develop a drug for every metabolic disease that comes our way? Besides, how can we afford to ignore steps that we know are going to make us healthier? You know, our government is either asleep at the wheel or worse, bought off. When the current federal guidelines were proposed by researchers and scientists in nutrition, cholesterol was removed as a nutrient of interest, and the overall recommendations was to eliminate sugar. After the proposal went to committee, that's where all the lobbyists that represent big processed food companies are heard. The result was to practically recommend 10% of calories should come from sugar. Undoubtedly, the most addictive and obesity-producing compound we consume. They let money talk rather than the science that supports what it takes to be healthy. So how do we expect to reverse the trend? Diseases increasing every year, lives that are affected every year. Remember when cholesterol was demonized? Fat was the enemy. Everybody went on this super unhealthy, low-fat diet that ultimately promoted obesity. Where did the big push come from? Everybody was on board. Doctors, nutritionists, dietitians, food companies. Is it because the food companies falsified the research so they could sell more cheap, sugar-laden food? Hindsight and a lot of investigators say yes. 
So why don't we see the big push now? I don't know, but I know you need to take personal action if necessary. So what should you do? Until we can get our government to start making policies that protect the people, you have to take steps yourself. Take personal responsibility for you and your family. So first, figure out your own BMI. Just Google the BMI calculator. See where you are. You may be happy. You may be shocked. But know that the ultimate goal is 23 or as close as you can get. I can just about guarantee that if you're on a lot of medications for metabolic problems, you're going to be free of them. You know, food is your best medicine or your slowest poison for weight loss, for insulin resistance, metabolic syndrome, blood pressure, cholesterol, blood sugar, triglycerides, gallbladder, brain fog, viral resilience. We have to eliminate the simple carbs, the complex carbs, the grains, the rice, the beans, the breads, the pasta, the juice. They're all driving the metabolic problem. Instead, choose vegetables, low sugar fruit, healthy clean meat, healthy fats. That's the nutritional prescription we need to be writing. All those chronic diseases that cause dysfunction can be quickly changed. Remarkable. I mean, just fast as you can imagine. Getting the weight off and these conditions quickly reversed. Do you need to go keto? Even clean clean keto? Probably not to the nth degree, but I can tell you avoiding simple and complex carbs is the one surefire way to break the vicious cycle of insulin spikes, metabolic problems, and immune damage. You know, there was a 2019 study that just in four weeks, the majority of the participants in a low-carb diet reversed their metabolic syndrome. Four weeks. So I know you can do it as so many others have. Today, you can begin to protect yourself from COVID outcomes and metabolic chronic disease and more. You just have to start someplace. So I hope you found this information interesting and useful for you or someone you love. If you want to learn more, let's talk. Remember, food is your best medicine or the slowest poison. So choose the food you eat wisely. As always, check with your doctor if you have medical conditions before beginning any program. But if you want to watch any of my webinars, listen to today's nutrition podcasts, go to my website, debford.com or any place you listen to podcasts. As always, thanks for listening, and I hope you have a wonderful day.